Welcome to UberCube, the podcast where we discuss all things Cube, but with refreshments. This is your host, Anthony Adams, a.k.a. UberBear, and I'm joined by my other host. And hey, this is Stu, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, so we have a fun episode. We're, we took a challenge. We had a listener that's on our on a Facebook page that we joined, MTG Drafting, that brought up this amazing idea. And the gist of the idea is, well, what if you were to take a whole bunch of your bulk rares, 45 of them to be exact, and you met up with your buddies, and you drafted from this consolidated box of said cards, and then at the end of the game, everybody would take the cards home and then leave with basically an ante, if you will, or swap out. Uh, there's some fallacies in that idea. So once that did that, it put a brain worm in my head this morning. And I reached out to the crowd and I said, hey, gentlemen, uh, we I, have an idea. We have an idea. And we're going to turn this into a cube idea. That's but right. before we go any further down this path, that was a little interlude for you. But let's uh, let's do our libations Let, of the show. Let's, let's start with the refreshments. Anthony, what you got for us I today? am having a Lagunitas. A little something, something smooth, silky wheat IPA. Absolutely, one of my most favorite IPAs. Yeah, Love this it. is uh, this was a new one for me. Actually, I've had the it's little something, good. something, or the little something little singular. Something. But this is the bomb. Very, very. I good. may have pre-gamed a little bit here, folks. <laughs> uh, what about you, Stu? Um, I'm actually just going with the Guinness today. I'm uh, I'm keeping it straightforward, nice and simple. Yeah. So let's go ahead and crack these open and get right. to the topic. Crack it. All right, so as Anthony mentioned, this idea came to us via the socials, via social media. And I will say, personally, as soon as I saw this and we started getting this discussion going about the birth of this cube idea, I was, I was instantly fascinated with it, with it, right? I can imagine this is so appealing to so many people, right? It's got to be appealing to cube people, right? Because you can just like, Fairly straightforward way of getting some people together to build a cube. I can imagine it must be also pretty appealing to like your old school commander players who remember like building a hundred card singleton deck out of like whatever you've got in like old, you know, old boxes or maybe grocery bags of magic cards that you've got lying around. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what we're calling this community project to build a cube. We're all going to have like a little role in the building of this cube. And like I say, community project to just see what we can come up with. Yeah. So we've kind of set some, we set some prereqs here, right? So within our group, we said, Hey, uh, you know, we wanted to contribute 45 cards. And, and for this particular, I, I got on it immediately and I said, Hey, I got an extra box. I've got some sleeves and we'll kind of work that out here shortly. And I, the, the rules are it needs to be a bulk rare. So that'd be yeah. an estimated $1, $2 max. No going out and putting in orders at TCG Player or you nope. know, whatever. It's going to be with what you got. Whatever you buy your cards. Yep. No no doing that. It's going to be. So it wanted, So we're trying to do an idea that's very accessible. Yeah. And we don't know if this is going to work. This is going to be a multi-tier, multi-episode type of thing. Yes. And what we want to show is the ease, the entry point, how you too can also build a cube with your friend circle and, and basically come out with an idea. Just using the cards that you have on hand without, we're not even going to put any depth into this right now. No. This is, think of we're doing scrapes here, right? Yeah. It's going to be an onion based type of idea. At Le- least level one, episode one, the idea. Yeah. And at least I think setting expectations early on, the idea of this is, No matter how small or how large your collection might be, right? If you've got some vast collection, you've been playing for many, many years, you know, you're probably going to have like those cards that you think, man, I really used to enjoy playing with this card or that card. 
haven't been able to find a home for it in either, a, you know, a, a, a 60 card constructed deck or a hundred card constructed deck or whatever the case may be. But this is the opportunity for players who have got a good size collection to be able to contribute some pet cards. And maybe if you're a newer player, you know, you haven't quite got the collection. This is the opportunity for you to like really contribute something to, again, to this group project and maybe play some of those cards like, man, that's a really cool card. I didn't really get to use it a whole lot when I drafted it or when I got it in that box. Well, now you're now's that time to shine. Yeah. So also, I'm an amateur hobbyist writer. At least I have been for years. So when someone puts a brain worm, so the, my my process step right. one, come up with a name. That's always how I've written stories. First, I come up with the title. You start building the story elements from there, right? The, yep. in, the introduction, the body, the summary, and then I square out from there. But always start with the title because it kind of gives me the path at which the river is going to flow. My, sure. my thought river, right? Yep. So I said, well, this is going to be the dumpster fire project cube. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just, it, it all got us giggling. And then, uh, and I said, you know what? Before I even get the story going, I need something that represents this. I'm going to pull up Cube Cobra and how do I represent this idea? Well, burning down the house, which is not going to necessarily go into this cube, but it literally, and this will be included in the show notes, but burning down the house is a bunch of devils standing outside of a mansion, I guess, somewhere in Enstrad, and this place is getting leveled. Uh, that is what I'm envisioning this cube is going to be. I think it's appropriate because it's like, man, the only time these cards are maybe likely to see any action is, you know, in a, in a fire, you know, you're, you're short of something to burn when you, you know, you're trying to cook a chicken breast or something. I don't know. But now there, now these like forgotten cards are, are finally going to have a home. So the basis is that we're going to put these cards together without putting a lot of thought into, uh, archetypes or synergies or any of the above. There's at some, least, I would say at there least was some prereq. One. There, yeah, there were some prereqs. Yeah. The, and one of the prereqs we had was it must be playable in some form, right? Yes. Just don't put a card in here just because, you know, uh, destroys all artifacts and you don't have an artifact in the cube stuff like that I, we don't want your ch complete draft chaff exactly it needs to be semi-functional even if the the ability or the secondary function of the card doesn't apply to the cube at least have stats that are semi-reasonable right and so that was kind of the prereq right and it had to be we said rare level but we've also included some mythics in here too okay and then the other thing I said, well, we're all drafters and a lot of people draft and everybody understands what it's like to go to a pre-release or a, a limited draft set. And you kind of got to have some lands, at least some form of fixing, right? Yes. The fixing really does uh, directly correlate to the speed of the game. Magic isn't fun if you can't play your spells at the end of the day. And but you don't want to push everyone yeah. to having to play like one or maybe two cards. But we don't want to spend any money, right? And we want to have, and we want to have some kind of equilibrium in the land base. So we have decided amongst ourselves what is most common, right? So it's going to be basically the gain lands and the guild gates. Guild gates. Oh, like, I've got some scry lands. We I'm might, throw we in might there. toss in some tri lands. It's just as long as we have some kind of, we're gonna we're gonna compare our notes amongst each other. So step one was the idea, right? And we have to thank a listener on our Facebook group page that gave us this brain worm that I ran with this morning. Absolutely. So then I get on the I get on our little chat group we have amongst our friend circle, which includes Chris and David and Christian and Stu and right. Nathan and Jason, and I could just keep rambling off names. And everybody was <laughs> Avram, and everybody was like. Okay, we're doing this. Yes, yeah, we're doing we're it. We're doing this immediately. And everybody started saying, well, I've got cards. Because everybody's got binders full of just chaff. and you, Or you've got a box that you were going to sell for a nickel, and you would have made $3. Yeah. So what I did is step one is I, I went ahead and just started going through my binders. And I had to limit myself because the idea is this isn't Anthony's Cube. 
this is the Uber Team Uber Cube, right? Uh, group. This is going to be all of us. So I can't dominate this story. No, but I think it's important that we start out with some choices that you have made, right? Yeah. We'll, as this is going to be episode one in a little mini series that we're going to do about the, the birth and the evolution of this cube, right? So. Anthony is obviously, after these, this idea has got into his head, he's gone through and he's looked through his cards and he's thought, right, what are the cards that I want to put in this cube that I re- either represent a little bit about me or cards that I wish I could play in another deck or another format that I haven't been able to play in a long time? We'll follow it up in the future. We'll record more episodes where we'll talk about the evolution of, you know, the cube from, from this point that it is right now, which is just Anthony's contribution. And then once we start adding everybody else's contribution to this cube, then we'll start really seeing it sort of shape itself. Right. But I really do think it's important just to get a single person's perspective. Obviously, Anthony, we're doing you right now. As far as the cards that you've just looking at in that, in those boxes. Why did you put these in? I want to actually ask you, right? So we're going to start out. First card. Get in there. Right? This is Tividar of Thorn. This is a one colorless, two white, legendary creature, human lord, first strike protection from red. It's a 2-2. And when Tividar of Thorn comes into play, destroy target goblin. The reason why I I wanted to bring this up, right? It's actually the first card in Q-Cobra when you, when you bring up the view on this, right? You're putting in, it's a, it's a three mana, two, two with first strike protection from red, right? Those are pretty good stats, Mm -hmm. but it also has this, what I would say is a pretty cool second ability, destroy target goblin. How many goblins do you have? Do you have goblins? Like, was that a consideration? No, it wasn't. When I, so the first thought was just scratch through the binders, scratch through the chaff, right? And then stack them up. And I didn't want to put what I wanted to put is we'll call them, we'll call them signposts, but they're not. I'm not trying to lead the other curators to the water, right? (laughs) I just want to give them signals. Like if someone just happens to have a a, a legendary goblin they want to toss in, sure. If not, this on rate, a first strike protection from red for a 2-2, it's going to be sufficient enough because when you're doing a bulk rare cube and these aren't going to be really really great cards no there's a strong chance that a lot of your spells are going to be very top heavy you actually and you read my mind 100 percent. the fact that it's a three mana two two first strike with pro red that by itself to me is enough it's the, good the, enough. the destroy target goblin if you're playing this in a play group you can tell everyone look I, I put this in this in this cube there's not any goblins or i haven't contributed any goblins to this cube and maybe no one contributes any goblins to this cube but hey it's a cool card i like the art and I think the stats by itself without that secondary are enough. And then there's an emotional attachment to a lot of the cards that you'll see in this list, which I will share. Okay. And this one here is one that every time I flipped in my binder, I've giggled a little <laughs> bit going, I'm going to get a goblin player someday. I'm going to build a commander deck out of it. And, I have and, a I'll, goblin deck. And I never found myself ever. I actually, have two goblin you decks. Did, and you did. And I literally, I thought about you every decks. time. Like literally I'm flipping into <laughs> this. I'm like, I, cause I don't want to make the antithesis to a EDH deck that you formed up. I don't want to pull a, a bit of we're going to, we're going to give a little bit of love to our good friend Christian that likes to build the anti-deck. He says it's coincidental every time, but it seems to happen answers.deck for someone yeah. else. It seems to yeah. happen more often than not. He did it this to is me love. Yesterday. This is love. He, he did it to me yesterday. <laughs> we, 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 uh, we cube drafted uh, Samich or uh, Chris Moore's uh, Vintage Cube. We did a, a six-man draft and uh, my first two matches were pretty good and then Christian just built the absolute anti-deck of mine. It was the antithesis. So anyway, 
Talk to me about your next choice. So the next one actually is going to be Angel of Glory's Rise. For five colorless and two white, you get, or two planes, you get a four, six flying angel. When Angel of Glory's Rise enters the battlefield, exile all zombies, then return all human creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. My logic behind this is it has evasion. It's a four, six. Somewhere along this, you know, when people start adding cards to this cube, that there may be some incidental zombies, but unlikely, but most likely, because humans are so apparent in almost every, it's one of the most common uh, cube types, which we're going to talk about, or creature types. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that on a future episode using yep. word clouds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That is just incidentally going to come up more often than not. So I saw this as a bulk rare that could act as a strange form of a one-sided reanimator. Well, if you're following my flow here, bring back your dead humans, put them back on the battlefield. Incidental incidental on the uh, zombies, but let's see what happens, right? And it may give others an interesting path when they're flipping through their binders. They might like go, teehee, you know, I'm going to add some cool rare zombie that hasn't seen any gameplay, and it may happen, just was, like a goblin. So, again, we, and we can sort of draw that parallel between Tividar of Thorn, where you've got that secondary ability that might not be relevant, and you're 100% right. The, you, we could go through this whole cube building process with everybody, and there's not really much, if any, of a zombie sub-theme. But, again, it's got that that secondary ability of bringing all the human cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's not an insignificant ability. And certainly in a slower cube, yes, this is seven mana, but you are getting a pretty sizable creature, right? It's a four, six. But for me, I see you with this. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, where are my zombies at? Like, I'm going to contribute. I'm a contributor to this cube, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to put some zombies I want to see there. if people found paths, right? And I, I, was, this is, I wasn't this trying to path. overly influence people on what they do, but kind of we talked about this. We were sitting down pre-gaming again. And so the cube size, we're going to try to do some limitations. It's undetermined. The group still has to meet and talk about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So maybe a 360, maybe a 450. Maybe, we don't know yet. And then once we have that and everybody's contributed their pieces of the pie, and sure. they, they, some make more than others, and that's, yeah. that's fine. It's based on what you have. And there's no added cost to this cube, except for we have agreed as a group that we're going to purchase a singular, uh, you know, like jet mat dragon shields. Yeah. And when I haven't said double sleeving, these people stared at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> it's the look and texture of it, right? We want this to look sweet and be fun. And we don't want this to be the dumpster fire that we were calling. That's it. There right. is intent here. But at the end of the day, I don't want to put too many signposts that influences the group. But I was just feeling antsy today and I started typing this sucker up. Where I think like, I don't mind that I, I, in fact, I would welcome personally, I do welcome the p- first person who says, you know what, we're doing this project. I'm just going to, th- someone has to be first, yeah. right? Unless you just get everybody all in the same room. We could have went blind, day. but I think we could have gone completely problems. blind. We could have done, right? But I actually like this concept because now you've got some, you know, you, you've put some little ideas in my head, right? The yeah. zombies thing, the goblins thing. I will, as the more I think about it, the more I'm very, very confident at this stage. I am probably not going to include any goblins. I kind of want to avoid it. It's a bit of a, I don't want to say overplayed, try. Um, And I've already got a couple of goblin decks, so I'm not too worried about goblins. Humans, on the other hand, that's really got me thinking, or the humans exiling zombies. Now I'm starting to think about zombies. I don't really have a whole lot in the way of zombies. So not only do I get to go in and look for cards that I don't typically play in other decks, but I do get to sort of contribute to a potential archetype within this cube, and that's interesting to me. And then uh, we'll cover, because right now there's only three white cards that I've added. Uh, I just literally, there was no purpose here. I wasn't doing any balancing. <laughs> no, it's for the others to fill in. 
the blanks, sure. right? I mean, when we're done, we're going to try to make this as balanced and curated as possible. But I added fumigate in here for a board wipe, which was a reasonable. Item. And the reason why I added that, it's not so much as it's not chaff. It's a good card. I just have like six of them and I don't need six of them. And selling it, I'm not going to get any value out of it, right? And so what I did have a heavy density of is some really high yield strong, not so strong blue cards that just don't get represented a great deal in cube. I don't, it's going to be one of those you don't know if it's good until you do it, right? Steve, would you mind taking on this first one, the first Sphinx there? All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is Sphinx of Foresight. Um, I believe this is from Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. If, I'm, if I remember Return correctly. to Ravnica, I'm not, I'm not sure. To, that, that's re, that symbol. Is it Return to Ravnica? It might be Return. It's a, certainly a chaff piece that it's, I got it's from a, a draft. It's a Ravnica, right? So anyway, yeah. Sphinx of, of, Sphinx of Foresight. Two colorless and two blue for a Sphinx. You may reveal this card from your opening hand. If you do scry three at the beginning of your first upkeep, it has flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. So that's pretty, yeah, you know, that's not it's, bad. It's mana. And it's a four mana. For four four, so it's, it it's on rate. It's a four four flyer on rate. It's I mean, above rate. I would yeah, say yeah, it's yeah. better than rate. Yeah, you you came out good. You came out good as a player, right? And there's nothing to scoff at. Not a great card. Not going to find a lot of homes. But in this particular, what we're doing here is sitting in a binder. It's 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 not it's not really good at anything, and it's not really bad at anything. And it, so it just sits in my binder as I turn the pages, and I'm like, you know what? I'm tossing it in there. It's pretty sweet because there might be some. Sphinx energies that someone might come across, right? Absolutely. Which leads me over to the next card. It has, I mean, you never know if you're going to get a factional type Sphinx. Let's see what happens, right? Uh, Guardian of Tazim for three colorless and two blue. You get a creature Sphinx flying landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. If that land is an island, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Pretty good. For a four five. Pretty good. Yeah. Four five for five. I mean, that's also again, that's kind of. So going back to the project that we're talking about, it was one of the stipulations in our group text is please don't put anything that's unplayable, right? <laughs> I mean, there is some of that, right? You know, the pips, we're not really counting pips in this one because we are going to do some splashing with some very slow lands like tri lands, maybe Gilgate, some gain yep. lands to be determined, right? Yep. This is all going to be whatever people have in their binders. And as long as we have equilibrium in those ideas, we don't want to cause, we don't want to cause one, I guess, faction or card set or archetype to dominate another because we gave it a land base that's unfair. So we're going to keep them all a little dumpy. Very dumpster fire oriented land base. I was going to say that this is definitely, there's a, there's a land theme here and I'm not surprised it's coming from you given how much I you do like love the land I know you love your I lands. do. Uh, would you mind taking cool. on this next one there, big fella? Yeah. So the next one is, and this is, I mean, this is a pretty popular card. This is Arcanus, the Omnipotent, three colorless, three blue for a legendary creature wizard. And uh, you can tap Arcanus to draw three cards and you can pay two colorless and two blue. Return Arcanus, the Omnipotent, to its owner's hand. It's a three, four. It's costing you six. But anytime you get to just tap one permanent and draw three cards, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, not, that's not bad. It'll give you some card advantage. It costs a billion mana. I do acknowledge that. There's going to be no cheating, cheating, unless someone adds it, right? You, we don't know what's coming. This is pretty much like, I would, I would hazard a guess to say, if I see this, I'm probably taking it pretty high in a draft. Sure. If I see someone else land this card, 
I'm trying to get rid of it as soon as possible. We're going to kind of move through the blue section here. Another card that I came across, and it's it's got to be, obviously, we talked about we're doing rarity restrictions. That's right. Highest tier, bulk, right? This card's kind of fun. I didn't even realize it. I'm flipping through there, and I'm like, this is pretty neat. And it's got a picture of Tamiya on it, I believe. And it's, <laughs> it's got she's got a weird, like, dome around her, and she's reflecting a spell, and it's access denied. For three colorless and two blue, you get an instant counter target spell for five mana. Not, not bad on rate. Oh, do you get to exile a blue card from your hand and pay a life to counter it? No, 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 no. You get to do even better. You get to create X one one colorless Thopter artifact creature tokens with flying, where X is that spell's mana value. (gasps) I like you do choice, right? Because these are going to be some of these are going to be really fat. Like, and I won't read this card because some of these are going to get really windy. Bulk rares have a lot of text. What are you talking about? No artifact theme in this. I mean, you can't put that in and not have an artifact. And then we have Ether Squall ancient which is seven mana two blue five colorless it's a six six it's gonna it's basically gonna make a lot of energy i don't know if this card's gonna stay i'm putting it out to the group i added it and at the beginning of your upkeep you get three energy and then you can pay goodness gracious a lot of energy like one two three four five six seven eight nine i think i got that right don't even know maybe eight Eight energy. Who we'll knows? go with. Uh, we'll go with a, eight. We'll a lot of eight. symbols. We'll go with eight because it is eight. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Return eight. all other creatures to their owner's hands. Activate this ability only time you could cast a sorcery for a six six. It's a it's a not so great board sweeper esque. I remember when energy like completely took over. I believe it was standard when it came out. Right, energy was kind of a big deal. And it just completely fell off the face of the earth. Once I'm pretty sure. Is yeah. it is it from Kaladesh? Yes, this is from Kaladesh. It's from Kaladesh, right? Ener- yeah, energy so- was one of those ones where you couldn't interact yeah. with the energy. It's kind of problematic. No. It's like yeah, it's, an- just a, it's a resource that, you know, it just kind of sits there. Like you say, you can't interact. It's a battery with it. and you can't interact with it. Yeah, yeah. I think it may have been one of those uh, R&D mistakes in retrospect because some you know cards what? broke the game. I, I actually, I've used energy. I have used cards with this you ability. You used the elephant, this- right? And broke it. It, I know you did. So there's the yeah you can um, you can bounce them back and forth. yeah you can bounce you it can if you only it. have so much energy yeah. and then yeah yeah so yeah we'll um, add that to the show hey notes. maybe the, maybe this I'm sure there's plenty of players out there that love them some energy this is this is your time to shine with those cards you know yeah so the point of this episode is just to highlight some cards that are uh, outside of the norm that I had in my binders we're gonna see what the other people have to do with it and the next one we're gonna talk about, we're gonna move over to our black section we're just gonna highlight a few of them I will include both the link to this cube at its present which is only as as I said, 74 cards, currently my pieces. We're going to have a lot of other pieces added over the next few weeks. Hopefully this is not like the episode of Back to the Future where it says to be continued <laughs> and then you have to wait. How many years was that when they made you wait from part one to part two? It was insane. Like you waited almost like six years as a kid. To be continued is not something you should tell a young child. No. Go, yes, it's going to be like six months. No. You know what? We, we, we're going to make the effort because I know I am guilty about saying like, hey, I'll do this on the socials and then I never do. But I think this is definitely one. We'll definitely post the link on Twitter, on our Discord, all that kind of stuff and uh you know we'll put some notifications out there i think uh, you know if, if anyone has any interest which i hope our listeners do in uh, sort of seeing the evolution of this cube i hope that uh, you know you'll keep checking it out yeah and the whole idea by the way the price point on this it's very important to point out whenever it's I meant got, to be zero it's, it's like 31 dollars. it's like 31 dollars of bulk that i had yeah. that's the value that if i don't know if i purchased it right i mean it's, it, this cube is going to be transitioned to your group Whatever your flavor is, whatever you have amongst your peers, you say, hey, guys, I have an idea. 
Uh, how about we assemble a cube? We'll keep it in a central location and everybody contributes 45 to 50 cards. And then we have a really fun day sitting together around a table and we'll, we'll maybe hack it out a little bit. Yeah. Cause and- you can spend a day building it, right? And I, I mentioned it when uh, when you showed up today and we was going to record this episode. I said, look, we could all show up and maybe we're not, we haven't talked about doing this in our iteration of this. But if you've got a group with, you know, five, six, seven, eight people or whatever, choose a color or a color pair or colorless or whatever, right? Yeah. Set a responsibility for everybody. Here is a number of cards. Here is a mana curve even. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you don't want to micromanage it too much. But like, this is the way that you can say to everyone, hey, contribute this number of cards. You know, we'll all chip in a pack of sleeves or whatever, and, and we'll build a cube. I think the the first iteration, and this is where I'm most excited with as I'm most excited to see this first iteration, right? We've all contributed. We all see what cards we've all chosen. But I'm excited to see, what does this look like in three months? What does this look like in it six months? It could be months? a dumpster fire. It could be really It fun. could be still a dumpster fire. It could, but we guess we'll have could a good be incredible. time with it, right? It we could be incredible right from day one. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is like if you're thinking to yourself, like, well, Anthony sounds really great, but I really want to control my cards. I'm not comfortable with leaving my cards over. In our case, we're gonna, we've already decided Chris is our general play location. Got the biggest table. That's right. I've already got a box. We're going to leave it at Chris's house. It's just where most people will be present. Yep. You can go into Cube Cobra and you can color designate the cards using their different, uh, their systems of setting up. And you could make the red ones Anthony and the green ones Avram and the blue ones Chris if you wanted to, right? You could do color yep. designations within your list. So you could say, Hey, I own that. So if, as through you do iterations and evolutions as Cube, as new sets come out and pre-releases, draft chaff and all the things, and you want to swap it out, talk to your group. Cause I think, I think once this initial mold is put together, it's kind of a community like, Hey, I'm thinking about adding gravitational shift to this cube. Hey, what do you, what do you think? And don't do like, it. Don't do it. Well, it's Terrible right idea. Now. It is in here right oh, now. Oh, it's a great idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll vote on it, basically. I think it'll be a fun <laughs> like social experiment, right? Amongst our eight to ten players that we have in our group. It's funny because um, I one card that I'm going to put in here is is going to sort of interact with that in a very very fun way for whoever drafts that. But and we'll for those that aren't familiar with gravitational so. shift, because I feel the need to say it now, it was just in my binders forever. Is for three colorless and two blue. You get an enchantment. Creatures with flying get plus two plus zero, and creatures without flying get minus two minus zero. I want this card. It's kind of interesting. I mean, it's got Emrakul on it. It does. Is that Emrakul? It's it really looks strange. like Emrakul. It's to like me. a weird Emrakul belly. Who knows? I don't know. Some kind of fish. It looks with... like Emer- it looks like Emrakul the Promised Land to me. It's like a sea skate or something. Um, so anyway, so talk th- to us about. So, all right, we've, let's, we've let's done move over to black. We've had talk too much to some black blue. cards. All right, tell us about. I want uh, there's one right there. Tell me, I'm pointing to it. Clack right Bridge Troll. Yeah, tell us. Oh, about this that. card's fun. Clack Bridge Troll for three colorless and two black. You get an eight eight Troll Trample Haste. When Clack Bridge Troll enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three zero one white goat creature tokens. At the- <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's awesome. <laughs> it's uh, the Billy Goat Gruff is the story that yes. I think they pulled this from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If that player does, tap Clackbridge Troll. You gain three life and you draw a card. So for five mana, you've got a draw engine, life gaining engine that maybe will eventually swing. Right? There's like the demon that does the same thing. Sometimes the names escape me, but is it a desecration demon or something like yeah. that where you can tap it at the beginning of combat and stuff like that? And you get, you know, the controller gets some kind of benefit. But I will say like the fact that this is an 8-8 an trample haste is already like that's, that's pretty cool. Gaining three life and drawing a card if you don't want to get attacked. I'm, I'm, 
Okay, sure, I'll take a free yeah, card and, sure. and and gain three life or just three three colorless. And two I mean, black. you don't want to get swatted with an eight eight. I right? don't. No. So the decision's kind of ready. So think of it as kind of like a pseudo in the way because I, I play this one too at a giant cube. Yeah. And it's in there because it's kind of like a pseudo enchantment that's going to net you card draw and yeah. life, right? Until they're they're just done. They can't take it anymore. The next card, and we're going to kind of highlight a couple of them here because they don't get any love. I'm going to leave it right here. Is the Hollow Spectre. For one colorless and two black, you get a 2-2 Flying Spectre. I, they may have eroded that. I'm not certain. <laughs> flying. When Hollow Spectre deals combat damage to a player, you may pay X. If you do, that player reveals X cards from his or her hand, and you choose one of them. That player discards that card. It's just a interesting little, I'm going to get your hand. Maybe I can get one of those giant gins out of your hand, or maybe I can get that gravitational, gravitational shift out. So it's kind of weird. I wanted, so when I was picking out these cards, I was doing it haphazardly, but with intention, like chaotic intention. Does that make sense? I'm pulling them on my binder, but I wasn't just grabbing them. I'm like, these cards, as I'm doing it, I'm like, okay, this makes sense for something. Someone like David or Christian will find a purpose and go, hey, I want to interact with this idea a little bit. And that may shift, or maybe it'll just be this standalone creature. At the very base of it, it's a 2-2 flyer on rate for three. I, I would agree. But we'll just take that. We'll yeah. call that good enough for I, government work. Right? I'm, a, I'm about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. about it. And actually, if we look at the card that's sitting right next not right next to it, it's Abyssal Nocturnus. One colorless, two black, creature horror, 2-2. Two, two. Whenever an opponent discards a card, which it could do with Hollow Spectre, um, it gets plus two, plus two, and gains fear until end of turn. So, you know, I don't know if you noticed that bit of synergy going on right I, there. I may have. I may you, have. You may have. You may yeah, have. Yeah, so as I'm going through these, and then there's other cards, like, and we're kind of, I did add a little bit of power in here, as in a little bit of strength, because I knew that if we went too dumpster fire on the cards, they would be. Sure. W- one of the fears that Chris, uh, Chris Moore and I talked about is that this cube, this community cube, this dumpster fire we're making, comes together and we get together on a Thursday night and it's completely unplayable. That mm-hmm. is possible. It is. So, but I, I said, you know what, I'm going to seed a little bit in here. I'm going to give it a little bit of, Oomph, a little bit of answer. So I did put Hero's Downfall in here, right? So that you have a card that if Stu adds later down the road, a not so great Planeswalker, or maybe like we won't say Oko Crown of Thieves, but maybe the other Oko, right? The one that came from the I, I guess it was like a Commander pack or whatever. Everybody gets the point. There's always like a worse version that came out of a Legend or of a Planeswalker. It's I, possible. I, I think either way, if there's just you know a Planeswalker and or a creature. I, 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 first of all, obviously, it's removal. Yeah. Right? No cube should really be without. No deck should be without it. You don't in, want this to be just creatures no just yeah. bumping together. You don't want nothing, that, right? right? It's boring. And can be. And I, I will say, I do like Heroes Downfall very much. I think in a situation like this, where you're putting in preliminary, you know, in a preliminary fashion where you don't know if there's going to be any Planeswalkers, but it's not a super efficient creature removal spell for three mana, although it is at instant speed. But, uh, you know, like you say, maybe someone chooses to put a Planeswalker in there that, hey, if I'm in black, I kind of need to deal with this card. Maybe it's something that impacts flyers or card draw or something. And maybe there's, you know, some avenues that are built up there. So, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's a perfect card for something like this. The last black card that I want to highlight, and I put this in there, is Taste of Death. And for four colorless and two black, you get a sorcery. Each player sacrifices three creatures. You create three food tokens. Food tokens gain you. It's potentially netting you nine life. Yeah, Eldrain like, with the food. Can swing a game. And this art's sick. And this card's like 15, 20 cents. I mean, that, that's what the price point on these cards on average. And I look at like 
30 cents is really getting to the high mark of some of these bulk rares. Because if you look at that, let's talk about that. Someone is carving skulls out of very, very large apples. That's what it looks like. They're either creative or exceptionally bored. Uh, All of this will be included (laughs) in the show notes. Yes. We're going to need to check some of these out, I think. Yeah, some of them them you'll be like, oh, man, why are you running this? You know what? Like I said, this isn't going to necessarily make the final cut. No. We get together as a group of us. There'll be eight to ten of us sitting around, and we're going to do some serious votes. Or we just say whatever just toss them in yeah. it's it's up it's up to you it's up to your group right i'm, I'm, I'm thinking fun factor is going to be pretty high on the list of it is sitting we're, we're here screaming it's sitting here screaming absolutely yeah. i've got one and in my our very first episode it was the swords of falling favor i bobbled on a card like i'm telling the story in our intro about i got decimated by my friend sean no matter what i did he was just crushing me over and over again this is circa 1997 in the air force it's so comical now to look at this card, knowing this card just beat me to death. And this, was, so this was like the antithesis. This card is my first burn. It is Keldon Warlord. And for two colorless and two reds, you get a Summon Lord. I'm sure it's a Barbarian now, a Rotted Uncertain. It looks like it should be Summon Conan. It's hard as sick. And he would, play, Conan. he would play like four of them, and we didn't even pay attention to legendary rules. It's back in the days, folks, when you had the little tiny books, and you had no idea what you're, no idea what you're doing, and you just played Magic. Uh, Keldon Warlord has the power and toughness, each equal to the number of non-wall creatures you control. Very important. If you're running a wall deck, he's not very good. <laughs> I will bear that in mind. Next time I build a wall deck, not his, to his power and toughness is star forward slash star. <laughs> this art is righteous, though. I almost put this in my Munson Cube Metal Cube, or at least put it in as a divider, just because this art is metal AF. I, I kind of yeah, it, it's 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 an incredible piece card's of not art. good. It, it's, it's not it's, good. It's just, it's Conan. It's coded. Magic card. Been very, sitting here. Very cool. Uh, we'll cover one more red one. Stu, would you mind taking over the next one? All right. So this isn't. This I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a bit underwhelming for some. For others, I don't know. I I like this card. This to me represents a useful card that's fun. All right. This is in red. It's is it chemister two colorless one red you get a goblin wizard with haste. It's a one three. You can pay one red and tap. Is it Chemister to exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard? Or you can pay one colorless, one red, and tap. Cast any number of cards exiled with Is it Chemister without paying their mana costs. I like this card. I don't think I play in one of my commander decks anymore, but I did. And I'm pretty confident that the short time that I did, which may have been 10 or 12 games, I definitely got one game of value out of this card. So now I'm excited to see what can we do with this in a cube. Oh, well, you can run Tividar of the Thorn. <laughs> enters the battlefield and destroys target goblin. That may have been where my brain space How about you not do that to me? <laughs> okay? I was just about to get excited with my Is It Chemist stuff. You know? <laughs> and there's some other cards in here, too. We're running... So I've got... Let's, let's kick up the power notch a little bit, but not so powerful. Let's go with Molten Steel Dragon. For four colorless and two Phyrexian Mountains... If for those you can pay two life instead of paying the cost of tapping red. That's right. For each one of those, for those that are not familiar, you get an artifact creature dragon four four flying. Uh, you can also pay Phyrexian or a mountain uh, either or. Uh, Molten steel dragon gets plus one plus zero until the end of the turn. This is a, a four four on rate again. Again, you pay four mana, you get a four four flyer on rate. If you pay the you know four life, it's worth it. It's a good trade off. This is a really 
powerful card in this environment. It's a good top end it for a red aggro represents a nice deck. mid-range aggro-esque versus what the casting cost of a lot of these cards I think will appear. But, you know, more to come on that. Let's move over now to what our removal looks like. In this terms, like, I, I made some choices here. And I'll call out the names. I'm not going to read all the cards because it's going to get windy. And I will share this in my show notes. Sure. But I've got cards in here like Spit Flame and Crater's Claws and Exquisite Firecraft and then Cerebral Eruption. All these have been just sitting in my binders. Nowhere to go. No home. And then here's another one. I don't know if it's going to make it. Serpentine Spike. I will read this one. Not so great, but whatever. We'll see what happens. For five colorless. It's expensive. Yeah, a billion manas. For five <laughs> colorless and two mountains, you get a sorcery. It's got Devoid on it. Wonder if they're running this in Devoid Cube. Have to find out. Let's check and it. Serpentine Spike does two damage to target creature, three damage to another target creature, four damage to a third target creature. If a creature dealt damage this way would die, this turn, exile it instead. Not sure. Not quite sure how significant Don't the exile know. ability is going to be, but who cares? You get two, three, and four damage. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine damage for seven mana. It's pretty cool. It's manageable. It's Look manageable. At the and then we'll kind of cut over to our green section. We're going to touch upon a few of these that I kind of chose. One of them is Ovia, the Pashri Sage Lifecrafter. Huge fan of this card in my artifact cube. Uh, for those that don't know, she's a 1-2 legendary human artificer. And you can pay one, one force to get her out on the field. And for two and one forest tapper, create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token. Thought it was a good defense mechanism against some I of like these that. giant dumpster fires that are going to be running across the field. I thought she'd yeah. give you a defense mechanism, right? Agreed. And then for four colorless and uh, one forest, you can tapper, create an XX colors construct artifact creature token where X is the number of creatures you control. So it's that payoff for going wide strategy. Probably not great, but really efficient on the right. It just I thought it was an interesting card. You're not convincing me that you're not subliminally planning an artifact sub theme with these cards that you're putting in. Okay, I, I don't it's, believe it. You. It may be what I have a lot of. Uh, the <laughs> next one we're going to talk about. I, I, I don't want to cover the ones that are interesting. I'm going to cover the ones that are weird. Uh, would, Stu, would you mind taking on this meandering tower shell and tell the folks what that does? So meandering tower shell is a three colorless, two green turtle with island walk. It's a five nine. For five, interesting. Uh, but when it attacks, you need to exile it and then return it to the battlefield under your control, tapped and attacking at the beginning of the declare attacker's step on your <laughs> next turn. It's like you're getting a speeding ticket or something. This right? is this has got that. I remember. I, I have a few copies of this card, right? I yeah. don't know why, but I have one, at least one, maybe two or three copies. The first time I looked at it, I thought, this is so fascinating to me. I don't remember ever seeing this specific ability of the Exile and Bringing It Back. It was the never-ending story. This was the turtle that was warning that nothing was going to Never-ending story. Yeah, so... uh, But to me, this is the kind of card that I want to see in a cube like this. Yeah, I just want to throw something wild in there and see what happens. And next one, and this was kind of a little... This was a little uh, clickbaity for... I did this one on purpose. I want to see what happens. Uh, it may be a nothing. Let's see. Arachnus Spinner added this little clickbaity, right? Arachnus Spinner for five colorless and a forest. You get a creature spider, five, seven with reach. Not bad. And then you can tap an untapped spider you control. Search your graveyard and your library for a card named... 
arachnus web and put it into the battlefield attached to target creature if you search your library this way shuffle it i was just wondering if someone would give up an, uh, i guess an arachnus web or an arcanus web do you have the arcanus i do not i've seen it web. but i don't think it's rare uh, but i have seen it floating around in my binders probably lost in time it wouldn't surprise but it, i thought it was a little quick i was wondering if one of you guys would be like oh man i got this card lying around and suddenly bada boom bada bing it's from m12 i mean there's plenty of people who've been playing around in our group since that long or yeah. since that set so, so who we're, knows? we're kind of starting to wind down here a little bit on this topic i think everybody kind of gets the idea of the flow we're trying to do here it's a it's community con- contribution i've I've got a few of the i started just kind of grabbing some two color spells and throwing them there multicolor spells and one of them i did decide to toss in there that i want to point out that i thought was a big finisher was biomass mutation uh it's for x and you got hybrid blue green hybrid blue green you get an instant creatures you control have base power and toughness xx until in the turn a weird strange overrun effect don't know we'll find out when we get there combat trick the reason why I like this card, I'm not typically a lover of combat tricks. I typically don't take them very highly in cube, right? Just a personal thing. But winning with them is so incredibly satisfying to me. Memorable. I don't know. It is It is pretty memorable. I don't know if it's just a throwback from when I used to play Mono Green in Modern or just something else. But to me, this is this is something that maybe like, hey, I'm going to switch up my usual drafting and, you know, I'm going to... I'll take something like that. Yeah, 100%. And then we have one more card that we're going to close out. Again, I'm going to share all this in the show notes so that everybody can be involved in this project. There's danger here. You can see what... Yeah, this one's actually... (laughs) I threw in a weird one. I wanted to see if people would bite. And it's going to be... And I think I'm saying this right. It's going to be Pisces of... Pixis, 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 P-Y-X-I-S. We're going to go with that. Whatever the enunciation, pronunciation of that word is. <laughs> Do not know of pandemonium. And for one colorless, you get an artifact. Interesting enough, right? You really see the artifact synergy start to come. I'm doing uh, Yeah, it. you're not I'm doing my contribution. I know you are. Yeah, secretly just putting the artifacts in there. <laughs> and you can tap it. Each player exiles the top card of their library face down. Secret information no one knows, including yourself. That's right. And for seven colorless, you can tap it. Sacrifice, Pixis, Pyxis, don't know, of Pandemonium. Each player turns face up all cards he or she owns exiled. Again, ownership's kind of interesting here, That's right? right? Kind of fun. We're not going to use that word. Exiled <laughs> with Pixis of Pandemonium, then puts all permanent cards among them onto the battlefield. What I like about it's this an card, interesting build around weird. It doesn't screw with what's already on the battlefield, right? It's not everybody destroys all creatures or any of that. It's like your board is still your board. You still get yeah. to keep all of your board, but now you just get this additional like treasure trove of, of permanence. Yeah, I wanted to see what would happen. This card's one I threw in there again. This is going to be you know, up to Chris and David and Stu and Christian and Avram and Nathan and uh, I forget Jason. We're probably forgetting other people. Of course, Bucky, but. As we go through these iterations of this design, everybody's going to contribute a piece of the pie. And the concept is the dumpster fire, right? We're just throwing them all in the fire. That's right. And then we're going to help forge this into a cube when it's all said and done. We're going to start doing cutting some of the fat off the bone, right? We're going to, we're going to pull it in. And this is going to be a multi-episode as we do other. This is my contribution episode. The next one's going to be others, and I'm going to encourage them to put cards in there. I think Stu might be on deck soon. I'm I know definitely Chris is already going through binders. And I think Christian's in- all over it. So as we do this, I'm going to have people explain their logic and reason for adding this to the cube. Well, I think we, we definitely want to talk about, we definitely want to get some input from whoever's adding these cards, right? But we also want to make sure that we're giving this, you know, as we like to on this show, the sort of holistic and 40,000 foot view. So we're, you know, 
the experienced cube curators, you know, there's plenty of them in that group that can look down on it from above, right? We do definitely want to make sure that it is the dumpster fire and there is a bit of chaos in there, but you do want to make sure that it's playable as well, right? You don't want it to be that there's either, you know, one color or one archetype that's like, you know, supremely overpowered all the rest of them, or there's just way too much chaff or no wet, you know, not enough fun in there or not even not enough fixing, right? There's a lot of considerations. Even though it is the dumpster fire, we still want this to be a successful, a playable, enjoyable. Kind of game. like the fire department comes out and does a it's controlled, a controlled, bur- burn. controlled burn. It's a control right? burn. It's exactly. And so we want to kind of do that. And it's good for it's a learning opportunity for it. So we have some members in our group that have not yet dipped their foot in the water and building a cube. So I think this is an exciting opportunity for them to be part of a idea, right? And, and put their foot in the water to see what it's like to design, build, and curate a cube. Absolutely. And we'll work together as a team. And then once it comes down to this is the final esque product then we have an opportunity to sit down and go hey um hey i got a new card what do you guys think about this what do you what do you let's put it in what do you think let's (laughs) get it in there put it in let's do it no questions just Just jam it in there there. choose a card giant bulk rare yeah yeah there's gonna be some logic behind it we don't want to make this overly curated this is meant to be fun and a little loosey-goosey right yes and and so it's a different experience opposed to and that's important is that if you're a multi-cube owner such as myself it's important that your players experience a different level of play or a different story in my opinion when they sit down they play these different different aspects of the game some have this archetype some have this theme some, certain have this type of size cube curation etc it's very important for me as a curator to have multiple games so that i'm not making multiple iterations of the game of monopoly that plays the same just because it's star wars i would agree and also if you have a group where you've got maybe three or four you know players that are very very experienced you know cube builders and maybe you've got three or four players that less so that are really interested this is the chance for them to like really get into the cube design right because once you start you start getting these these cards right in this cube that are your cards now you're invested right now you've got an active interest because not only are you you know you probably almost certainly going to play this cube now you're in the process of designing it as well right so not fantastic entry point in a in a from a playgroup perspective of getting people into building cubes and curating and refining and making those choices um I, like i said i'm super excited it's for amazing it's gonna be a collaboration and then we're gonna have like we're gonna just have fun with it we might, it's gonna be a d- democratic type vote right where everybody kind of talks about it and go hey i'm thinking about adding i don't know uh cultivators caravan what do you guys think right? uh it's not gonna be a Democrat. Yay, or the as nice. my boy pesterly will say it's a dictatorship and uh my, that, that's it my uh my, my vote counts too <laughs> all right uh all right so th- this has been a fun interesting introductory episode into the dumpster fire project that we're working on here Uber collaborative cube, cube. collaborative cube community within our play circle collaborative that I highly cube. highly recommend that everyone takes on something like this yes. and i want to really thank the listener okay so we want to give a shout out to alan christopherson he was the uh the person on social media that we found this this phenomenal idea from um, I know Anthony, you reached he, out and he did just, say he said he's he not the, the inventor idea. of. He's not the inventor, but he planted the seed, the brainworm. He, he did, and I gotta be thankful. He did. This is a we're gonna give him a project. shout. We gotta give him a shout out for just you know the exposure. I've never heard anyone really talk much about the you know the concept of a collaborative cube, and specifically with like. Uh, a restriction, I would say you could call it a restriction. Um, so shout out to Alan. I really do hope you listen to this episode. We'll dedicate this one to you. Uh, this is a fantastic idea and we hope that yourself and anyone else that's listened to this 
we'll we'll get some real enjoyment out of this one and we can't help we can't wait to record some more episodes in this all right so we're going to move over to our socials if you love the show we would truly truly appreciate a five-star review on your favorite player so something else you can do to support the show we are now affiliated with inked gaming if you're not familiar with inked gaming then you should be uh you should definitely check them out they've got all kinds of customizable play mats dice bags uh mouse pads the whole nine yards so if you're looking for something to you know aesthetically spice up your your deck your cube whatever the case may be go check them out um like i say they're a new affiliate of ours we're super super pumped to be working with them and we have it's going to be a secret we're not going to share it right now but we have a huge announcement coming soon with another major affiliation that'll be really wonderful the community so everybody stay tuned big announcement coming soon from Ubercube. cool and as always, you can find us on Twitter. We are at UberCubeMTGPod. If you'd like to reach out to us via email, if you want to talk about uh, one of our previous episodes or give us some ideas for future episodes or even just talk to us about Cube, uh, reach out to us. We are UberCubeMTGPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, all of our socials are linked on our, on our social media pages, on Twitter. Come, you know, have a chat to us on the Discord. We'll happily talk about your cube, our cube, a moto cube, whatever cube you want to talk about. Um, and last of all, let's quickly from Anthony, tell us a bit about the Patreon. Oh, so we have a Patreon that's been How's set that up going? for it's it's going splendidly. Awesome. Not so much. But <laughs> but I do appreciate that people I would I would like for people to take a look at it because that's how we do keep the keep the lights we, on. We keep the lights on, we keep adding more features and stuff to the basically what we're trying to do, upgrade our equipment get better quality uh it, it's just the way right it, it, these things do have an associated we appreciate the support hey it's always nice to uh but you know, to either way either way we're good without but it, it, oh, it, of course. But, but but we do have features and stuff that we can offer listeners to make that more of a premium type idea absolutely uh, yeah. support your ideas on the show have you do shout outs etc cover your cube yeah do yeah, some more come, episodes come on to the show i mean yeah. there's, there's things to add here right but it's an experimental phase for us I, I am new to this game i am four 45 years old, boomer-ish at this point. You're about definitely you? a I have, I have definitely closed in on boomer status. So forgive me as I do these things. <laughs> uh, other than that, we're going to say the thing that we always say here at Ubercube is happy, happy cubing. cubing.